Hey there, everyone. Welcome to After the Week here. It is February 5th, 2023, Sunday, and we are back here to talk about some pro wrestling and everything that went down this week in just the world of wrestling. I feel like I said wrestling way too many times in this intro, but that's what it is. That's what this podcast is about. Um, so I'm Denise Salcedo, as always, joined by William Washington. I don't know why, but I felt the need to call you William again today. Although okay. the other day I accidentally called, I called you by your Twitter handle. She literally called me William RBR. And I thought, what? <laughs> what? I was like, oh, and this is William RBR. <laughs> I don't know. It just happens, guys. Sometimes you have brain farts when it's the moment of your live go. And I just like blanked and I was like, William RBR. <laughs> Yeah, it was a great little moment there. Um, How are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, as people can see, decked out in Nuggets gear because at the end of the day, look, you call me a wrestling fan, Mariah Carey stan, all that stuff. But I won't say it trumps all the others because it really doesn't. But around this time of year, basketball is definitely the the thing that uh, that consumes me and go figure the number one team in the league right now are my Denver Nuggets so I am going to be repping as pretty much as long as I can this is it's my team I, I am all about the Nuggets I have been since I was a kid and for them to be doing as well as they are I could not be happier right now go Nuggets and they play today uh, so this is also a day that I need to be in. They play against the Timberwolves, I believe. So, all right, all right. Well, I'm happy for you. Well, I'm happy your team is doing good. Uh, I do want to say that I'm happy for us because last week was our most watched episode of After the Week ever. So, um, just hey, congrats to us. <laughs> I hey, look. I had been paying attention to those numbers. I was texting you throughout. I was like, yeah, yo, this is like doing well, and I especially. Hold on. What's funny is that you probably thought that I'm not seeing that. Will I? No, of course you're seeing that. Studio app every ten minutes. Oh no! I'm. I'm. This isn't about you not seeing it. This was more me like almost halfway gloating over the fact that you almost called the show off yes, last that's week. True, that is true. <laughs> and, to be fair, I was dead exhausted. You were dead exhausted, but this was basically me going, "Look, I, I, would your channel have this if you had like gotten your way?" Thank you, so, Will. I appreciate it. Go yeah. ahead and gloat. I will give you the floor. You get 10 seconds to gloat. Go. Look, we had uh, what was an excellent episode last week. I thought we had great discussion, and it did our best numbers ever. And honestly, your channel host over here, Denise Salcedo, almost didn't do the show at all. So at the Damn, end of the day. me out, man. <laughs> Exposing me for being tired and exhausted. And you know, I still haven't stopped since then. It's been nonstop every day. Yesterday, I left my house at like, I don't know, 8 a.m., okay? And I didn't come back until like 11. I was gone the entire day. So it's just been nonstop. So uh, I don't even know what I'm running on anymore at this point. But, Will, we got wrestling to talk about. And I got to tell you, when wow. I was looking back at this uh, week, this was the fastest I've ever put together my list. I knew exactly. Actually, for my number one and my number two, I thought 
and I'm sure you guys think you know what my number one is. It's not. It ended up being my number two, and my number two ended up being my number one. So just heads up on that one because I was a little bit undecided, but quickly I was like, nah, this is what it is. This is what I'm going with. So overall, I feel pretty good about my list this week. And even my worst, I got to admit, though, to the viewers, I'm a little bit nervous about my worst. I'm nervous about my worst just because I... It involves a show I don't talk about a lot, but I gave a chance to. And uh, it's something you've seen, actually. But I gave Do it I a watch chance. this on a weekly basis? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I gave it a chance. And honestly, mm, mm. and I didn't want to because I'm like, look, is this fair to me to continue to... Uh, uh, is it fair to, of me to give something worse that I don't normally talk about in the aspect of giving it best in any way? But yes, I, I had to because of just basically how it turned out. But we'll talk about it here shortly. But yeah, I've got my list together. Something tells me that we're on the same page. Like I, I, we're, we're I'm on coming... different pages when it comes to worse, though. Yeah. Oh, I know that. But I think as far as bests are concerned, everything you're saying here... I don't know. I, I'm curious. I'm staring at my list right now, and I'm like, I bet you R1 and 2 are the same and in the same order, but we'll see. I don't think so. I don't know. All right. All right we'll see. We'll see. Well, we got a we'll super see. chat here from Joe Compton. Thank you so much to Joe for this very generous super chat. Who He says, uh, Denise, I love the show. Keep up the good work. Now that we are one month into the new year, what is one thing you want to achieve this year? Something you are proud you did in 2022? Thank you so much for sending this in. I never get questions like this. This is awesome. Um, One thing personally that I want to accomplish this year is surpass 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. That's very important to me, as you know will and also just find you know different opportunities yesterday i spent the entire day um working i started the day working indie mma and then i finished off the day at bellator which was really freaking cool and you know it's something totally uh you know it's something that i've dabbled in before but not as much as wrestling but i'm really excited because there's a lot of opportunities there and i want to do stuff you know um a lot more in that space as well because that's you know part of what growth is is trying new things and doing different things and putting yourself out there and expanding and one thing that i'm proud of that i did in 2022 was honestly getting to appear for multiple promotions which included um triple a in mexico uh ring of honor when i got that opportunity nxt uh, not a lot of people can say they did that so i'm very proud of that thank you joe thank you i appreciate it um okay so let's get i love how everybody's like we want more bray wyatt talk i feel like that's you're in you're in demand will people want to hear your bray wyatt opinions I did look go watch yesterday's Grapsity because like we spent like three hours burying Bray Wyatt I can't do it anymore he had a five uh, second segment on Smackdown I know there, it's not even worth it into a three hour conversation yeah, I mean because we hadn't like talked about Rumble yet so that therefore that got to to fall into I this see. week's Grapsity but um nothing for this week it literally is a five second segment on Smackdown that even wasn't even half bad uh what but, is there what is there how can you even judge that it was five seconds uncle howdy puts his hand on his shoulders and then turns to the screen and puts his face on there yeah how it was you like, even judge that I, it was i don't know i i like i said it by the end of it i thought eh, okay like i didn't hate that uh it didn't overstay its welcome that, that stuff was fine so all right well let's go ahead and get into it everywhere um all right so third best of the week will you got the floor. This was hard for me. 
uh, I had to go up and down to figure out what my third best was going to be. But my choice is John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page. Uh, this was, again, a tough pick. And I say that because uh, there was a lot of things I wanted to put on this list. I thought Cody Rhodes' promo was very good. I thought his main event with Finn Balor was very good. Um, I honestly almost put Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet here just because I think those two have great chemistry together. But you ultimately, were going to put that match on there? Really? I, I, know, I know, but ultimately, it's John Moxley and Hangman Adam Page. These guys, uh, for two guys who managed to go three years without touching each other in AEW, the fact that they've had three bangers and one of them was didn't even get like fully going and it already felt like these two were born to face each other the first match of course hangman adam page got a solid decisive victory i think this match is enhanced by having watched uh road two this week i think road two this week was honestly one of the best road twos AEW's ever done uh and the sit down with John Moxley and John Moxley explaining that he's like, the reason I don't lose in AEW is because I don't like losing. I hate to lose. And uh, he made a promise to the world. He promised that he would put down hangman Adam page decisively. And you know what he did? Not that. And that in a sense made the outcome of this match really interesting because you had, Moxley, who was guaranteeing he was going to do to Hangman Adam Page what Hangman Adam Page did to him. He was going to put that man down. And instead, he barely survived with a victory. So does he really get the victory here when he, like, just barely even got it? And on the other side of that, Hangman Adam Page beat him, but is Hangman Adam Page satisfied with that? Because at the end of the day, I mean, no, sorry, Moxley beat him, and the way Hangman wasn't satisfied, and the way Hangman looked as if, like, you didn't beat me, you just barely escaped. And uh, I just, I love the way that this match played out. It was great. It was violence. Look, John Moxley, the way he was accompanied to the ring by his father. And my brain, it took a second for that to register with me because I'm like, is that like a new nickname for Wheeler Yuta? Because all I saw was Wheeler Yuta there at first. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's very odd for that to be a nickname for Wheeler Yuta. I know. I'm like, accompanied by his father. What are you talking about? And then I look, because he didn't, because Justin Roberts like doesn't even mention Wheeler Yuta. He's just like, accompanied to the ring by his father. And then I look and I see Wheeler Yuta and I thought, um, is that like a new role he's got or something? I, I did, did I miss something? I don't know. Is this slang? <laughs> Gotta yes. go on Urban Dictionary. What does this mean? Right. And then I look behind and I see John Moxie's actual dad. And I thought, uh, oh, look at that. That's uh, that's actually John Moxley's dad. How endearing. This is kind of cool that he accompanied him to the ring. Like, I love that. Uh, Ohio was Moxley country when it comes to whenever AEW hits any place in Ohio. Like, as a guy from Cincinnati, you would think he'd be hated in Cleveland, but yet in Cleveland, he was able to do the OH, and the crowd went, I-O. They love Moxley there. They obviously love him in Cincinnati. They love him in Dayton. He can go anywhere in the state of Ohio, and uh, people seem to love John Moxley. But then Hangman Adam Page. Hangman doesn't get to work heel very often, and... I love that Cleveland has become, or not Cleveland, but Ohio as a whole has become this place where Hangman can work as a heel. 
And the way he came out, the way he was looking at the fans, as if like, look, I know I'm the baby face, but in this instance, you guys don't like me, and I'm here to beat your guy. And they did the brawling in the crowd. One miss up or mess up in this match was that the crowd, the camera did a yes. complete zoom in on Moxley gigging. Oops. Uh, but other than well, that, that was quickly, like the, 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 that was that was quickly something that took over like my comment section as well. And there was people arguing about it, and I was like, oh yeah, of course, this this is going to be the argument thing for the day. Yes, but the match itself delivered, and uh, these guys have great chemistry. I was worried about them doing this a fourth time because it feels like they're going to push this into revolution. But honestly, I'm intrigued. There's a lot I'm intrigued by because now my brain can't help but think about Hangman's promo with, uh, with Renee a couple weeks ago where he said that he needed to mend some fences. And I thought, okay, that was obviously about the elite, right? But then... I turned my head, and at the end of this match, after Moxley wins and Hangman's standing over him, here comes the Blackpool Combat Club to help Moxley, and Hangman's got nobody with him. Could we possibly see the Elite versus the Blackpool Combat Club? I don't know, but I'm intrigued. This is exciting. This was just a fun way to open the show. Great opener. My number three, easy. All right, so, Will... We were curious about what our picks were going to look like because my third best was oh, all shut up. Oh, no. Page. oh no oh no oh no i know i know we're on the same page here so far <laughs> um and the reason why i put it on this list was obviously you already recapped a lot of it but really to me i thought they had a pay-per-view caliber match and here's the thing about this one and keep in mind that this is the third match that we've seen with them together you know consistently uh back to back right so for me it was one of those things where i was like yeah i'm looking forward to this match but was I necessarily thinking that we were going to get something totally different? Probably not. I was just like, okay, I'm looking forward to this match. It's fine. But I wasn't necessarily like, oh my God, you know, yearning to see it so fast, so soon again, right? Because I had just sat through it and seen it um, uh, in Los Angeles on Dynamite, which was really fun and all of that. But still, I wasn't necessarily yearning to see it so fast, so soon. And with that being said, this was probably my favorite one that they've had because to me, it just felt like I said, pay-per-view caliber. And on top of that, I really love the version of Hangman Page that we're seeing here. Uh, he's just, a, he's got a different presentation of of himself where he's you know doing things the way he's acting the way he's coming across it's just a lot more of a more aggressive hangman page and i feel that's one of the things that we needed and i do think that's one of the things he's really good at and i'm glad that you said that like john moxley like barely got this you know barely survived this victory and what i also liked about this was kind of how they touched on uh different parts here where you see them go to the outside you see that figure four on the outside they finally come back in um they kind of you know incorporate little things here and there to me this was a really good way to um kick like kick off the show but also it was a uh, one of the things that AEW had for this specific dynamite was a lot of really good matches but a lot of matches that were also very different and i really like seeing how like each match i felt that when it came to dynamite this week i feel like if you were to get a room with like 
I don't know, five people or whatever, each of them are going to have a different favorite match for what they thought was match of the night for Dynamite oh, for this sure. past weekend. Um, and that's one of the things that I in particular particularly liked. But I love this. I love the, you know, the exchanging of the blows, you know, the the freaking the the dead eye, the 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 tombstone to uh the tombstone, all of everything that we saw, the pile driver, excuse me. The everything that we saw was just kind of it felt big deal. And you mentioned that they're most likely going to be going all the way for a revolution. And that was very clear uh, based on what we saw here today. But I'm curious to see, do you think we're going to get like, it has to be some sort of difference. My, my estimation of this is that we're going to get Moxley and Hangman Page at Revolution, but there's clearly has to be some sort of different stipulation for it. Um, there was somebody on Twitter that suggested maybe perhaps a last man standing. I haven't decided on what I think should be the stipulation. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, no, I it, it's tough, right? Because like on one end, yeah, I do know actually. I know exactly what the stipulation has to be. So the story, of course, first match, Hangman puts... Uh, is put down by John Moxley. Match is stopped. Second match, Hangman puts down John Moxley with a decisive victory, and Moxley is is concussed after the fact, and he's not able to stand. Uh, might see where I'm going here, but in the third match, Moxley just barely survives, and Hangman has an issue with that. So then, at that point. The only way to find a true winner here is last man standing. Because at that point, you can truly decide who got the most decisive victory here. Is it John Moxley? Is it Hangman Adam Page? That's where I think they're going. The other thing that I do want to touch on as well is I remember when we first started talking about this, this was when we were leading into MJF and John Moxley. And it kind of remember that promo where uh, Hangman Page was like hitting himself and, you know, he's he was saying like, I'm a man and this and that and all of everything that he had. It yeah. was supposed to be the background. You know, it was not supposed to be the major focal point. The major focal point here, the story was really between MJF and John Moxley, because even MJF was up, you know, from his skybox watching all of this. And I almost feel, and I'm curious about this, I almost wonder if we were only supposed to get that one match between okay. Hangman and Moxley. And because of the way that that ended with the concussion and all of that, I feel like that kind of ended up being the thing that ended up stretching this out but to me it doesn't feel like we were supposed to get this longer period of a feud between hangman and moxley but sometimes you know you Which is end good, up, right because you yeah. probably it, it's like because of everything that we were getting that was again not the focal point of the story it ended up being intriguing to the point where you're like okay we clearly need to keep this going for a bit and look we're now heading into revolution and maybe seeing that um we got a super chat here from mr cj lily thank you so much to mr cj lily oh i just answered this yesterday um, with the 20th anniversary this week, what's your opinion on Evolution and their legacy? Denise, as I've asked, with Will, this already this week, and it's parallels with the Bloodline story, now with Batista um, as Jay. I remember being a big fan of Evolution as a kid because, again, I was a big Triple H fan. So anything he did, I know, Will, I know I get judged for this. I know that not everybody agrees with me. But I remember always being a big fan of this. And Batista was somebody that I was a fan of. Believe it or not, Randy Orton was the person that I was least a fan of in this group here. I know, right? Kind of crazy to think about that. But um, for me, I just remember, you know, 
being a fan of all these people and then like even WrestleMania 21 being there for that, uh, you know, for that match with Batista and Triple H and all of that. To me, it was something that I still remember that moment when we also saw Triple H do the thumbs down. And there's so many little pivotal things that I remember from, you know, just the story of evolution that I don't know, it makes me happy to think back on it. And a lot of things are even more so because I've been rewatching all of these WrestleManias. So I've been kind of getting like a refresher on all of that. So that's been cool to see as well. Uh, and I don't know, in terms of like their legacy, I don't know if I have the proper words. For me, it was just cool to see how like they each represented something different. Yeah, what I because well. well, what I said yesterday on Grapsity when Mr. CJ Lilly asked this very question was that I think legacy, I think evolution benefits um, historically from uh, having a extremely weak raw roster at the time that there weren't any necessarily strong baby faces uh like ones that were strong enough to carry the brand and so evolution got to run over all of them right like evolution starts off had a cool song you know, they all looked great <laughs> right but like they they mowed over scott steiner that's where the group actually started it was a scott steiner they mowed over booker t um they you know had their entanglements with goldberg and like Goldberg got to get a little bit over them, but ultimately, Evolution steamrolled Goldberg. Uh, they got to steamroll pretty much everybody, Shawn Michaels, whoever it was. They did. There wasn't a John Cena on the brand yet. And so in that sense, Evolution got to... It made for some miserable television at the time, but I think historically, um, you get to look back and go, well, Evolution dominated. But I remember at the time, you look at any facet of the internet wrestling community that's still there and they would get frustrated over oh here's a baby face we can sink our teeth into ah, evolution just beat them uh oh here's another one ah, evolution just beat them and they just mowed over everybody but the reason that historically works out is because evolution the only person who was able to beat evolution was batista like in in the end evolution being so strong made it so that evolution could only be defeated from within yeah. and so uh, you did build this group up to be so super strong, so dominant overall that in the end, the only person who was able to defeat Evolution was somebody from within it. And that's a good story overall. Like, at the end of the day, it made Batista, made him a massive, massive star. You I can't you argue with saying, that. At the end of the day, Evolution is a mystery. <laughs> I actually made that joke yesterday. <laughs> did uh, you really? Oh, yeah. Mr. CJ Lilly asked this exact question, and my answer was to read off the lyrics to Evolution's theme song. But uh, It's a great freaking theme song, man. <laughs> it is. Uh, although, one of my all-time favorite TV shows was canceled. The uh, I remember the day it was canceled, and I was really, really upset. I like stayed home from school. I was that upset. Um, and... I happened to be listening to WWE The Music Volume 6 Theme Addict, which opened with the Evolution theme. And so I always have this dumb memory associated with reading the news that my favorite TV show was canceled. No. With the Evolution theme song. So now when I hear it, I kind of like get these little so sad it feelings. It triggers sadness, yeah. It triggers sadness because I was like, are you kidding me? Like, it was just that feeling. But anyway, it made Batista. It made Randy Orton. It made them stars, so in that sense, their legacy is stronger than the television was at the time. Steven Marchuli sends in a super chat, says, Denise, you're starting your own women's division for your wrestling promotion. Who do you pick to start it? 
Ooh, if I could pick anybody to like start it off, first of all, I would want a young, hot star that I could build up. I would go with Roxanne Perez. I'd bring her in. I would bring in Mickey James and I would make her like my Chris Jericho to AEW. Like that would be me for me. It'd be Mickey James. Um, I would bring in Taya. I would bring in Deanna Perrazzo. I would bring in Masha Slamovich. Oh my God, I'm in love with my women's promotion right now. Um, hold on, I'm trying to think who else I would bring in. <laughs> who, who would you do? Who would you bring in? Like who would be like your your core group of people. I mean, first off, you can't have a women's division without Bianca Belair at this stage. Of course. I feel like she is the centerpiece. Um, and I, I, you know, I think the ultimate rival to her to produce hard-hitting great matches is Jamie Hayter. And so really just going with like champions on both sides of that. Um, but I agree with you that Mickey James being the Chris Jericho to that division would be excellent. <sighs> Man, we could really if only do something we had nice money, here. Will. If only I mean, we had serious money to start our own promotion. Oh, I know. Although I think about, do you remember Wrestlelicious by chance? No. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, I I have to make sure I pull this up for the sake of uh, getting everything accurate here. But speaking of having money and starting your own wrestling promotion, <laughs> so let's just read the Wikipedia entry for Wrestlelicious. Wrestlelicious was an American women's professional wrestling promotion based in Tampa, Florida. Uh, the company was founded by Jonathan Vargas, who won the Powerball jackpot for $35 million in 2008. Uh, and basically, he used his Powerball earnings to start Wrestlelicious. But the problem was, he... Uh, if only somebody who, like wasn't a perv decided to start a wrestling or women's wrestling promotion or at least maybe if this was started a little bit later because this was definitely 2008 when a guy who was like i get to start my own women's promotion so i'm just gonna make like sexy lingerie matches and this is all gonna be for me uh but Damn, again he was really living out his rich <laughs> he, looked, he, he absolutely lived out his fantasies <laughs> after guys wouldn't do that like if there there's some guys out there that yeah they got a hold of millions of dollars and then they were like okay well let's start this like sexy women's wrestling promotion where they're all wrestling in lingerie let's be real it's a lot more possible than we think oh for sure i just i think it's funny because you mentioned if we had the money but that happened somebody actually did have the money and started a why women's does the wrestling money promotion. fall on the people that why does it fall on the wrong hands Yes, that actually started. And Jimmy Hart was involved too. He like he got himself some production. Do you ever think about this, Will? Do you ever think about how you're and you know, for for all the other people that didn't grow up rich? Uh, do you ever think about what what you would have done differently? Like, let's say you were born into a family with millions of dollars, and and you got to basically basically be handed everything. I think about this sometimes. I mean, I think about it sometimes, but I will say this. I have had some really, really good conversations with Tony Khan over time. And I will say that he and I think a lot alike. And there are times where I do think that, you know, if I were a guy who had the billions that he has, this is probably what I would be doing with it. And so at least I can sometimes take a step back and go, that's about what the way I'd probably be doing things. I would be booking matches that like, I would have wanted to see that like my EWR would have produced five stars out of. So I don't know. That's how I look at that sometimes. 
Okay, well, I think about that sometimes too. And I go, oh, what if what if I was born into like, I don't know, just some rich family and blah, blah, blah. But I prefer growing up this way because you know what? Like you just learn different life lessons. So Absolutely. Anyway. But every okay, now that, and then I like to fantasize about it. Okay. The, the chat keeps asking, by the way, because I guess I said it. So then I have to like answer, but I keep seeing the, uh, uh, the whole what show was canceled because I, I mentioned that my favorite TV oh, yeah, show was canceled. Show? So it was a TV show called The Screensavers. It was a computer help talk show hosted by Leo Laporte and Patrick Norton. It eventually got rebranded into a show people more so recognize called Attack of the Show, hosted by Olivia Munn, Kevin Pereira. But at the time, it was The Screensavers. It was, I used to literally come home from school. After school, I had to be home by 5 o'clock every day to catch The Screensavers. And uh, the day that they were like, actually, it was November 11th, 2004, by the way. But the day that they just posted online, like, actually, the show's over. Sorry, guys. And it had been on for six years at that point. There you go. Everybody, the chat talking about Tech TV forever. Thank you. Tech TV was it. Tim Gordon, I'm Tim. I'm moving on from that. Tim Gordon says, <laughs> did, you, did either of you see Tom Lawler's thread breaking down the shoot aspects of this match? It was great. I didn't. Um, some, yeah, I'm going to have to look at that. Did you by any chance see that, Will? I didn't. Okay, I'm a little bummed that neither of us saw it. But thank you yeah. so much to Tim Gordon for at least putting it out there for it to be something that we seek out. So thank you so much for sending that in. Um, okay, and let me just catch up with everything now. And uh, let's go ahead and move on here. Let's get into our uh, second best of the week. Uh, Will, what was yours? I'm All really right. scared, by the way, because <laughs> I have a feeling we might have the same list. Uh. Here's I want to mix it up a little bit then, just to give you no, a chance to start do, something out. No, do your list. Okay, You're okay, okay. okay. Do okay, your okay, list. Okay, 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 okay. My number two, and I'm like watching for your facial reaction. This is I'll great. I'll cover my face, then. Okay. Is the ending to SmackDown this week? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we have the same list, don't we? Shut up to the list. I shit you not. Number two, the bloodline, the ending to SmackDown. No fucking way. We have the same list. We have the same exact list. I knew two and one were going to be the same, but as soon as three was the same. Ah, shit. Okay, so. Oh, man. Okay, well. (laughs) All right, well. We try to be different. I said. We tried, but we don't talk to each other before this. We literally just pick. With oh, the ending to SmackDown, I have to say, after the Royal Rumble this week, I found myself spending all day Friday just thinking about what the hell is Roman going to say? What Sami Zayn going to do? What's up with Jey Uso? I couldn't think about anything else Friday. I was just... I I had to know how this was going to end. It almost ruined SmackDown for me because every SmackDown match, I was like, I don't care. I just want to know what's happening with Roman. You put on Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus Imperium, and I'm like, 
I know this is like is a match I should be enjoying, but I really just want to know what's happening with the bloodline. They get to a bloodline segment, I'm like, yeah, and then we get to another match, and again, I'm just like, give me the bloodline. And even that last match felt like it took an eternity because I'm just like, give me bloodline right now. I need to know how this is going to play out. And finally, we get it. I even appreciated Roman Reigns walking a little bit faster in his entrance because I was really? like, oh, I was like, oh, he's walking a little bit faster. Just give me, give me the, the meat of this really one. Mad. <laughs> he's I, a little faster. <laughs> I was like, just give me a little bit more. I just, I need this. I need the, the ending here. I need to know how this is going to play out. Roman, of course, cuts his promo. And again, Roman is such a great sociopath. I love the idea of, uh, I loved his, his back explanation on everything. I loved his, uh, you know, going back to survive or not survivor series. Yeah. Survivor series with war games and him explaining how, you know, he's had his eye on Sammy ever since. Um, he knew that Sammy couldn't give up Rome or couldn't give up Kevin Owens. And, uh, but the question still remains is wh where's Jay Uso? Jimmy hasn't spoken to him. Um, I think we can all kind of guess that Jay is ultimately going to side with the bloodline. Uh, but there's still questions. They've got a tag title match literally on next Friday. What's going to happen there? We don't even there? know for sure if it's happening. Right. But uh, Sammy popping up in the hood, that massive pop he got when he uh, clocks Roman. And again, you know, one of the things I've talked about with this angle was that nothing about this for Sammy has ever been about the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. And I almost love the way it became about it because the, even Sammy said it, that, you know, it was never about that, but now it is. I want to take that title from you. And uh, then, of course, Jimmy and uh, Solo come in and reveal that they actually didn't leave the building. They attacked Sammy. Uh, and uh, I'm going to steal this point from um, Professor Nick Harrison, Fightful's Professor Nick Harrison. Uh, where he said that, you know, the best Roman Reigns promos come from when he uh, isn't on the microphone because he was so good here talking Sami Zayn down in the corner, no mic on him at all, and he's just kind of laying it into him and tells him that he wants him in his hometown because he wants to beat him in front of his friends, wants to beat him in front of his family, his wife, his kids, and he's going to do it in Montreal, Sami Zayn's hometown, and we got our match. This was great. This was great, compelling television. Why did you like it, Denise Salcedo? Okay, so for me, um, the reason why I put this one at number two is because really I did think, okay, where do I begin? I want to start off by talking about, you know, obviously this was something that had already been rumored. Everybody was pretty much speculating, and it made sense for them to do Roman and uh, Sammy at Elimination Chamber. Everything was there for the happenings of this. And so even then, what's funny about this, though, was even when Roman Reigns went out there and he was doing his whole bit and cutting his promo and everything, when Sami Zayn come, came from behind and attacked him, it got a huge pop, but it also got a huge pop for me specifically because I still wasn't expecting it for some reason. Like it, it makes sense for him to be angry and upset and go right in on the attack on Roman Reigns. And but for some reason, even when that moment happened, it was still like, oh yeah, like Sammy's here, you know, like let's get into this, right? But even everything that happened before that, the conversations that they were having with um 
that Roman Reigns was having with Jimmy and with Solo Sokoa in the back when they did those two backstage segments because you had Roman basically just asking, where is Jay? And then at one point they call him and they send him straight to voicemail. And so, you know, Jay is a huge part of this now where now the puzzle piece of Jay Uso is really what is he going to do? How is he going to play a role into either most likely the downfall of uh, Sami Zayn or what's going to happen here in terms of Elimination Chamber because you know he's going to get screwed or something's going to happen that's going to cost him to uh, essentially lose to Roman Reigns, right? And to me, it has to be Jey Uso because to me, Jey Uso being the one to basically um, cost Sami Zayn this match at Elimination Chamber would mean a lot more than if it were Jimmy, than if it were Solo or whoever else, right? Um, It has to be Jey because you are, as a viewer, you're invested in the journey between them. Jay Uso started off, you know, on the fence about Sami Zayn, not giving a rat's ass about Sami to the point where all of a sudden he earns his trust after the war games. And then you head into Jay Uso actually defending him at uh, his, 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 um, his court. So everything that they did there, it's like the ultimate little friendship that we've seen so many times play out on TV, where it's like you started off as enemies, but look at you now, you earn that person's trust in your friends. And then to see that come undone that's gonna be another thing to kind of uh be in anticipation about the other thing that i do want to talk about too because this has also been a huge topic is really also um when roman reigns went out there on smackdown and everybody was chanting sammy Zayn's name and he said i he didn't want to talk about sammy he said i want to talk about cody rhodes because cody rhodes is the one who quote deserves my respect and I want to shout out Roman for that line because the way that he worded it with he's the one who deserves my respect that was the perfect cue for the fans to be like hell no you best respect Sami Zayn and that garnered like a huge reaction from the crowd as well so I did kind of like that they made sure they know the conversations They know the conversations that are going on amongst fans. They know that there's a group of people that do think that it should be uh, Sammy and Roman at WrestleMania or whatever the situation is, right? Um, And they are aware of those conversations and they knew that was going to trigger the audience and they made sure to have Roman Reigns say it the way that he said it. So I really liked all of that, but even just like Sami Zayn coming out, doing the attack, getting Roman Reigns with the spear, that was really good too. And I think, you know, obviously using the spear got everybody going like, oh shit, he really did not come to play whatsoever. And I do agree with Nick Harrison also with that point about um, Roman Reigns' promos, because even like all of the stuff that he does backstage, like all of, I mean, God, what was it like a week ago or the week before the Royal Rumble? No, the week before uh, the, 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 tri- the trial that they did on Raw, on that Friday SmackDown before that Raw, everything that they did with Roman Reigns and with Sami Zayn and Paul Heyman there, that was all like really good stuff. It was probably one of my favorites in terms of what we've been seeing from the bloodline. But um, this last couple of moments where he was in his face, staring him down, treat him like garbage, Sami Zayn could barely keep his eyes open, all of that chef's kiss um i'm i'm excited for elimination chamber i feel like this is a must watch match because you know Sami Zayn is gonna get screwed you know like you know and and, and you know what will i'll give this to you since you're the percentage guy you know that there is not a chance at least right now it feels like the chance is very 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 incredibly slim 
slim, 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 that Sami Zayn would actually defeat Roman Reigns here. You know it's going to be Roman Reigns defeating Sami Zayn, but given that you mentioned it's in Montreal and all of that, what are you expecting in terms of the crowd? And what would you do? Just what if they surprised us all and had Sami Zayn win? Which I doubt it, but let's just... I mean, because I, I don't think Sami should win. I think at this point, Roman Reigns is 800 days in, uh, and his reign should be ended by the guy who's going to take the torch next. I don't know that that's Sami Zayn because I feel like I love Sami Zayn and I love Sami Zayn in this storyline, but I feel like whoever has to take it from Roman Reigns needs to come from outside of the storyline. And the reason that has to happen now is because of the fact that once they beat Roman Reigns, they need to be able to exist as the top guy without the bloodline story because they need to be the ones to transition the title away from it. That's kind of why I do believe it's Cody because Cody is a top guy and Cody's been a top guy and the most cheered guy on Raw without ever being involved with the bloodline. So you can successfully, I think, insert him into the storyline, win the title and pull him out from it and uh, successfully move the title on from the storyline. Whereas Sami Zayn is over, but he's over within the bloodline story. So I don't think he should be it. Uh, And I think the way it's going to play out, if I were to throw on my booking cap here, is that I'm guessing through some kind of shenanigans, we get finally a Jey Uso appearance where he finally reveals his allegiance and he comes in with like sadness in his eyes, looking like he's about to super kick Roman and instead super kick Sammy. And, you know, his motivations reveal. <laughs> uh, and it was <laughs> with. Even just the imagination of where you're getting sad. <laughs> and, and, and the reveal, of course, being that, um, that, you know, Jay was sincere when he walked out on Rumble, but at that point it was more of a Sammy is the one who broke up or tried to break up my family. And Sammy is the one who ruined everything. I had Sammy's back and he didn't have what it takes to go all the way. So therefore I'm done with him. And so then, you know, we have ending bloodline beating down Sammy pissed off Montreal crowd, but there's another guy who also happens to be from Montreal who can then come down for the save. That's Kevin Owens. We get this long stare down between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They hug. Crowd loses it. They get their Montreal moment. And, and then we do a sing-along. And then we do a sing-along, sure. Uh, and that's that's how it ends up happening. That's my, my guess there right. is that the Montreal still gets their moment when Sammy and Kevin finally You have reunite. to, because if not, the whole crowd's just going to be, like, pissed the hell off. I wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, I don't want to say this, but I just feel like people are going to get really, really maybe ugly in that moment in terms of their reaction, right? Like, you never know what the how the crowd's going to react to that, especially in a place like that with Sami Zayn and all of that. So you do have to close them off with that happy moment so that, you know, they don't leave all pissed off, you know? You don't want to send the crowd home all angry and shit. Yes. Um, Mr. CJ Lilly sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Mr. CJ Lilly, who says, um, will we see a my uh, GM or universe campaign from a U- from you to when 2K23 comes out, uh, who can see who can book better a show per year, book your own year, see what people think of your booking choices. I think it'll be gold content. Well, Mr. CJ Lilly, I agree with this. Will, what do you think? I mean, I think we do have something similar planned that yeah, goes we do, with it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, stay tuned for that. That's all. And I'll keep say. in mind that I am not gifted in the world of um, in the world of video games. 
that's why I'm excited for this thing we have planned. It's yeah. so great. And we have a super chat here from uh, DNC Digital, but for some reason it's not letting me pop it up. But DNC Digital says, um, Roman is, is the king of the 2.999. Thank you, Will. For some reason it's chopped off on my end. Um, okay, so he says, Roman is the king of the 2.999 near fall. It's going to be crazy in Elimination Chamber. I expect a rock, uh, Rocky One performance from Sammy. Uh, love the show, guys. Okay, so I agree with this too in the sense that Roman is really good at like getting it in there right before you think like that's it it's going to be a three count and then it's not uh so that is going to be very exciting to uh see how that plays out yes um we also got a couple of ones from mr cj lily that i wanted to read this one was love will caring about story rather than matches <laughs> i know for all the stuff i say look i've said that when a story is really good you have me and i don't know why this uh perception exists that i'm just like anti wwe because no just give me good shit and i love it and i love this and this is one of the best things ever produced uh in a really really long time um and i i think this one fits in with going into the next category. Uh, Mr. CJ Lilly says, thoughts on Vengeance Day, if you've seen it. Uh, add more picks if you have seen uh, the same, or if you have the same for the last two months, you've had at least one thing the same. Um, I mean, it's true. I, I, look, it, it, wrestling has been pretty unanimously good lately. Uh, I've yet to see a whole lot recently where people are like, I mean, other than, I guess, the elite matches with Death Triangle. But for the most part, I feel like when something is good lately, it's been fairly universally loved. And so I don't think there's a whole lot of things to be contentious about lately. But All right. Sorry, I'm trying to catch up with our Super Chats. We're, for some reason, they're not all popping up on my end. So, Will, which one's the next one? Are, is the next one um, another one for Mr. CJ Lilly? Yes. Okay, can you pull it up for a second? Sorry, I'm trying to see which one we're on. Um, this one, the best oh, thank you. Okay, because for some reason, a couple of these got chopped off. Um, that Sean's thing, I'm not touching that. Yeah, thank you no, for I'll, in the super chat. yeah. Um, I'll only I say don't one thing. I'm involved with that stuff. Yeah, it's I'll not only my say one. I'll say one thing about that. Uh, and this is coming from somebody who works with Sean on a regular. I don't give a fuck about any of that shit. And uh, don't drag me into any parts of that i get tagged and stuff i don't care i i see it constantly there's the the least interesting thing going on in professional wrestling right now to me mr cj lily sends in a super chat saying my list this week is third uh best brace small follow-up on uh follow up what is sm what am i what i'm confusing smackdown what are we talking about sm Second um i think it's probably okay uh, second best, Dijak versus Wesley from Vengeance Day. Worst, no Alexa follow-up. And best, Cody on Raw making a story with Roman about the family. Yeah, totally different from my list here. Um, I do want to give some thoughts really quickly on Vengeance Day because I did get to watch a little bit of it. Um, I did watch uh, Dijak and Wesley, and I did think that was a Great really opening. good opening match for sure. And it's it was probably one of the best things that I saw on the night because I only got to watch three matches from the show. Um, the only thing that I will say is this, is that I was completely ready to see uh i was completely ready to see a brand new nxt north american champion i was ready to see dijak as champion because i do think that while this match was great i want if they're gonna have wesley as champion they need to follow up with stuff like this every week because 
I haven't thought that the weekly, what we've been seeing weekly from Wesley has not been good on NXT. And so that's why I was personally ready for a new NXT North American champion. And so I do hope that they keep this presentation that we saw of him um, on this specific uh, for Vengeance Day. I want to see more of this on the weekly television because if we're not going to get that, I'm ready for a new champion still. So I was ready for a new champion already. This match was phenomenal, but we need to keep seeing that on the weekly television um I what did you think of dijak's finger by the way i heard like i don't know i don't know man it's like ah but also did you see the x-ray too like I, no, I, I didn't see the x-ray yeah he posted an x-ray um ugh, ugh, oh god ugh. okay i didn't see that um i don't get girls i don't get too grossed out when it comes to like x-ray stuff but we'll see no it was um, the, it was the non-x-ray that's what got me that yeah, was yeah, just a yeah. picture of his bent finger save your thoughts on the main event though because i have to talk about this like oh oh i'm sorry okay <laughs> okay well i won't talk about the main event i'll talk about uh roxanne and toxic attraction um, I love Roxanne, Toxic Attraction. Their story on NXT has legitimately been um, one of my favorite things to follow each and every single week on on uh, NXT. The match I saw, I thought was more so focused in on the dynamic of this match was different because it was really Roxanne against two people. I thought some things could have probably been executed a little bit better, but for the most part, I thought it was fine for the story that they were trying to tell here with Toxic Attraction and Roxanne Perez. And then I won't give my thoughts on the main event. Um, yes. <laughs> we got DNC Digital who said, oh, I already read this one. All right. Yeah, I think um, we're are we caught up? Okay, yes. thank you. I don't know what's going on with my super chats. They're for some reason like I see them come in, but then it gets um like chopped off. But I did get this one here. Uh, Kieran George sends in a super chat saying, I agree with Will's take about Darby Allen, um, out the monster and Samoa Joe that we haven't seen in a decade. I'd love to see what Darby could do with someone like Brock Lesnar. Uh, oh my God. True. That would that look like absolute murder and I would be completely here for it. All right, but um, I love this take, Kieran George. Thank you so much for taking in, uh, for sending in the super chat, and uh, we'll, we'll 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 move on to <laughs> we'll move on to our worst now because I'm curious to see where we're at on this one. We were completely similar with our three, our third best, our second best. Uh, we'll talk about our first best after our worst, but I don't think we're go. similar at all on our worst. But let's go. No, uh -huh. worse we're not. Yeah. All right, worst. So, I avoided tweeting completely about Vengeance Day yesterday, but I actually did watch it. True story. Nuggets were on last night. They got a great victory um, yesterday, and I also, uh, over the Atlanta Hawks, by the way, um, and I decided that I was also going to pull up Vengeance Day, and I had it up on my phone, and so I had two screens going at once, and... This is coming from the perspective of somebody who does not watch NXT on the regular. But I do follow the happenings on NXT. And so uh, there's been a lot I've been hearing about in NXT. I've been hearing, hey, you know, DiJack's been doing some good stuff since she got back to the brand. Give that a chance. And so I watched that opener. Great, great opening match. Um, also, I... I liked the three-way, Roxanne Perez, uh, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jane. I actually came out of that thinking, there's a piece of me that feels like Gigi and JC are coming off a little better off without Mandy Rose. They don't, uh, they don't need it. They've been doing great follow-up with that. 
You know, I was a little underwhelmed by Carmelo versus Apollo Crews. That was the match I thought was going to steal the show, and I don't feel like it did at all. Uh, and, you know, I liked the tag match. But the one thing I kept hearing from people was hashtag Waller is baller. And, man, this is going to be the time that Grayson Waller shows out. And we're getting a main event in an arena. We've got 5,000 people here. It's going to be Braun Breaker, Grayson Waller for the NXT Championship. I did not like this at all. And I don't know what people are talking about with Grayson Waller because I definitely don't see it. I don't think Braun Breaker has it at all. And if anybody's talking about calling that man up, I think they're feeding him to the wolves. Um, because I came away from this going, this was the worst thing on the show. Neither of these two are ready for a main event spot, let alone a main roster spot. This is no good at all. I did not like this one bit. Um, and this was a steel cage match on pay-per-view. I was... They didn't even really use the steel cage. Like, that was one thing that I was uh, annoyed by. I thought that um, Grayson uh, didn't show that he belonged with Braun in any way, and he was in there for a good 15 solid minutes. I was just not feeling this. This was not a great match at all. Uh, the second Carmelo came out after this match was over to signal for Stand and Deliver, I went, oh, thank goodness. Um, because, again, the, and this Braun reign has been going on for a year. I haven't watched in a year, so I've just been under the assumption that this man has been delivering. Has he been delivering? Because watching this, this was not main event caliber stuff at all. This didn't feel like it belonged on a pay-per-view. It didn't feel like it belonged in a steel cage. It did not feel like it was worth much of anything. All right, so I'm, I love hearing your thoughts because like you said, you know, you watch casually when it comes to NXT. So I watch every week, all right? So right. I'm very familiar with what they've been doing and everything. So um, first of all, I do want to touch on that Carmella Hayes-Apollo Cruz match. I didn't get to watch the two out of three falls, but I'm I'm surprised to hear you say that it didn't deliver because that was the match that I was expecting to be the Same. show stealer because they did have a match on NXT previously with one another that I thought was really good. For the most part, like, I thought it was really good. I thought that they had really good chemistry with one another so i'm a little bit bummed out to hear that um that uh the two out of three falls wasn't good and then um i'm glad to hear you say that about toxic attraction because that is something that i noticed right away like i love mandy i really do but i do think that having uh Gigi and jc have a really good chemistry with one another and they got the character down of what they're supposed to do and what they're supposed to be i actually think jc is actually a little bit stronger when it comes to the character work and i do think like she's going to do like a lot of really great stuff with that um Roxanne Perez has been killing it um now in terms of Braun Breaker and Grayson Waller so when Grayson Waller first started on NXT uh it was I really did like his like early matches that he was having during that period because I thought you know what like this guy's good and I was I've been a Grayson Waller fan I am a Grayson Waller fan and however I completely get the criticisms that he gets because they've even used it. And one of the criticisms that he gets is that he's uh, another version of The Miz. And I'm not a fan of The Miz, right? Mm -hmm. and, but, and so you don't want a 2.0 version of The Miz, right? And so I do get those criticisms. And I know those criticisms are a thing because they've even been incorporated into some of the storylines. He has been called 
uh, you know, uh, I forgot what the exact wording was, but he has been called a, a version of the a lesser version of the Miz, right? I forgot which feud it was, but he was called that on NXT television. Now, and this is going to surprise you a little bit, Will, but in my opinion, the Braun Breaker, Grayson Waller, and this is probably going to tell you where where things are. So take this for what you will. But the Grayson Waller, Braun Breaker story surprisingly has had probably one of the better builds than any of the other Braun Breaker matches. Aside from Braun Breaker, Ilya Dragunov, and JD McDonough, because that was the best match that Braun Breaker has had as champion, point blank. And that feud leading into it, that was all good stuff with the with what they did with JD and Ilya and everything that they did there. Um, but prior to that, he was doing stuff with Joe Gacy that did not hit at all i didn't love the stuff with Dolph ziggler either i thought if anything that kind of hindered braun breaker um and then uh the stuff with apollo cruz the match that he had with apollo cruz that deadline i didn't think was bad either but nobody cared about that feud because nobody cared about apollo cruz which is sad to say but they just didn't care the interest wasn't there and so i feel like a lot of the storylines for braun breaker as champion have sort of not been helping to elevate him and this one with grayson waller um it was the first one that kind of felt a little bit more interesting in comparison to some of the other ones that we had had and Grayson Waller does have a really good way of like getting some heat from the crowd because he comes across as like very annoying and people want to hate him and this and that and so he does have like depending on what what you tune into what you walk what you watch he does have good moments whether it's trying to get some heat from the fans whether it is uh also in ring wise and i did get to watch this match um i watched it this morning right before the show and the number one thing that and you mentioned it already was they didn't use the cage enough and that was something that i kind of hate when i don't see in steel cage matches when you don't really see the usage of that um i did like the, the ending i thought the ending was pretty good but it just took too long to get to these pivotal moments um obviously the spear from braun breaker was great but when it comes to braun breaker he unfortunately a lot of what i see when it comes to my weekly nxt shows is a lot of the fans are bored of him they're bored of braun breaker and i think the reason for that is he doesn't have consistent um feuds with guys like a JD McDonough with guys like an Ilya Dragunov when he's in there with guys that are you know fan favorites you get some good stuff out of it. But when you're in there, when he's in there with the Joe Gacy, with Apollo Crews, with uh, Grayson Waller, you're not really going to get that uh, that much stuff, right? So I am a little bit disappointed that the Grayson Waller, Braun Breaker stuff didn't deliver because I did think that heading into it, they did have a lot of really good stuff in it, except for like one week, which I didn't like the finish to a match for one week. But aside from that, um, I had liked everything that they were doing up until this point. So I am bummed out that it didn't, uh, you know, necessarily deliver on that end. And um, man, when it comes to Braun Breaker, I think a lot of the fans are kind of, uh, the ones that are tuning in weekly are kind of a little bit ready to see something new when it comes to that. We got a super chat that says just that. Sheldon Jackson says, I've been done with Braun as NXT champion. I feel like now they're trying to have Braun break the longest reign of NXT champion currently held by Adam Cole of 403 days just because Cole is in AEW now. I mean, I don't know if that's the thing that they're actually trying to do, but um it is crazy that, yeah, he won the title on Raw uh, a year ago, if I remember correctly. And, you know, it's interesting. I feel like people have been kind of saying, at least since really this past September, at least, next NXT champion is Carmelo Hayes. That, that's that been kind of a feeling that you could kind of 
I think they dropped time. the ball with Carmelo Hayes. Really? Yes, because Carmelo Hayes was literally the best NXT North American champion that they had had in the sprint of time. Not not mm-hmm. the not I'm not talking like the black and gold NXT. I'm talking right. this new era of NXT. But they hadn't done much with the NXT North American Championship, you know? Like they really had it. And so Carmelo Hayes was one of the first people in this new era of NXT that kind of started, you know, doing something there with the bout, you know? And mm-hmm. we started to see some good stuff with Carmelo Hayes and everything was great, but they dropped the ball when they had Solo Sokoa take the title from him so that they could then strip Solo Sokoa of the bout like a week or two weeks later, whatever. It might've just been a week, actually. Week and a half, somewhere around there. They stripped the belt off of him and then they went five weeks with no champion and then they finally gave it to Wesley. To me, they mm-hmm. dropped the ball there. They should have never taken the belt off of Carmelo Hayes. They should have kept the belt on him and built him up, built him up so that he could finally be that guy against Braun Breaker. That's the one thing that I've been talking about every single week when it comes to Carmelo Hayes. Well, like I said, it it, it feels like uh, I think people have been predicting the match for Stand and Deliver for a while. It's felt like. Uh, every time I see people predicting what Braun was going to do WrestleMania weekend, it was going to be Carmelo versus Braun WrestleMania weekend, stand to deliver. And it seems like we're getting that match. That's the way the show ends. But- and that, yeah, and it does bum me out, too, because I do think that they need to, had they kept the momentum going with Carmelo Hayes, it would have been even bigger of a bigger deal. But because they had that minor glitch in the progression of Carmelo Hayes. That's where my big gripe comes from that. But um, all right, it's time for my worst of the week. I'm excited. So I'm sorry, because I know I'm gonna get heat for this, but it is what it is, guys. My worst for the week is um, Rampage with the exclusion of the opening match. I'm not including the opening match in this, but I'm giving my worst of the week to Rampage because there was a lot on the show that I just did not connect with. I thought there was matches that I personally thought were going to deliver that didn't deliver. Um, and so for me, it um, I've been talking about this previously, but I really, really want there to be more substance to Rampage where I feel like there are certain weeks where I'm like, okay, you know what? They're getting the ball back here on Rampage. Things are going good. And then there's certain weeks where I just don't feel like there's really any reason for me to be tuning in every single week to Rampage. And that sucks because I was really looking forward to Rouge versus Christopher Daniels. And I just didn't think that it delivered. Um, when it came to Soraya and Tony Storm against the Renegades, love the Renegades. Happy this was a little bit, this was a squash match, but it wasn't like, you know, a one minute squash match. They did give it a little bit more of that. But I kind of feel like we get too much of that when it comes to Rampage. And I don't always want to see, like there's always some sort of squash match on the show. I don't want to see that. Unfortunately, uh, you know, Brian Pillman Jr. and Shane Strickland didn't necessarily have the chemistry with one another that I expected them to have. So really, everything else the only thing i liked on the show was that opening match the opening match i thought was great um that was fun you had a bunch of spots we know that we're going to be getting ar fox and top flight against the elite that's going to be a blast but everything else on the show completely fell flat for me well people have said i've gone eight bit for the moment so i don't know how much of it you're gonna get and i apologize about that my internet connection (laughs) has decided to not be great for the moment but uh, whatever you're going to get from me, I'll say this. Uh, there's a piece of what Rampage is doing that I like. 
And but I recognize that it's coming at the expense of the enjoyment of the show, which is that I like Rampage existing sometimes uh, in this particular week. I got what they were doing, which was I like it uh, existing to build everything necessary for dynamite next week. And that, you know, we've got um, the elite getting a victory over um the firm and that was in order to build to the trios match with top flight and ar fox next week you have rouge having a match here with christopher daniels that's in order to build uh do the match with brian next week um swerve had the match with uh with brian pillman jr and that's in order to set up the match for uh with dustin and dustin is order in order to set up the match with keith lee so like all of it existed for a purpose but at the same time, that's not necessarily why you're watching Rampage. You're not necessarily just watching it to have a show to lead you into something else. You're watching it because you just want to be entertained. And so I get from that perspective why you want more from it and why you weren't getting enough from it. On the other hand, uh, by the end of it, I did feel like, okay, everything here was here to lead to something else. But it, on its own, it's just not entertaining enough to do that. <laughs> well, you need to see some of what your face looks like. I'm sure it's probably pausing on the dumbest facial expressions because <laughs> yeah. I go back and watch this show after the fact and I've seen this happen before. <laughs> do you want to refresh and come back in or do you want to uh, just keep it, it going like this? It's my internet. I know it's not going to change anything if I do okay, that. Don't worry. We're almost towards the end of the show anyways. Yeah. but It'll correct um... itself shortly. All right. Yeah, you're just completely like little cartoon version on a really shitty TV right now. Oh, you're coming back. You're coming back. I hope. All right. It's slightly coming in. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, get into our best of the week. Uh, well, do you want to uh, go first or I, I well, actually I have a feeling that our best of the week is the same thing. It's it's the same. So if I'm chopping up, Denise, you go ahead and take it. Okay, then. All right. So I'm assuming that your best of the week, because my best of the week, it is uh, Samoa Joe and Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. No holds barred match. Um, this was, God damn it. This was fucking amazing. Okay. I don't care what anyone says. I love this match. If anyone hated this match, you're the problem you're the problem because this was really freaking entertaining now this is another match that we have already seen uh you know in the past and all of them delivered okay we've been it's the same thing but this match was kind of the same thing that we've been seeing before just elevated 10 times because you had the whole incorporations of it being no holds barred etc but really what you're getting is literally Darby Allen with a death wish will that's what you're getting in this match Samoa Joe is just going out there and finding ways to uh brutalize Darby Allen and Darby Allen's having the best time of his life taking this <laughs> he enjoys it I mean they were outside um you know fighting out in like the crowd area there's a moment where Samoa Joe slams him into like concrete steps the same exact concrete steps that you and I and all these people walk on when we go on these shows Think about that. And his back just I went know. straight into that. Throughout this entire match, you were seeing a bunch of uh, uh, attacks on Darby Allen's back. That was definitely something that we saw. There was one moment where he was like ricocheted over the steel steps. And as he's going over the barricade, 
or not rather going over. He hits the barricade so nasty on his lower back wheel. Oh my God. Um, there was just so much that they did uh, with that. You get back into the ring. He's chopping him. He's randomly throwing him out of the actual thing. Darby brings in the uh, the sweater with the thumbtacks. He does a coffin drop with the thumbtack sweater. Then Samoa Joe uses that same sweater, puts it on his head. Um, Darby then goes in and rips up all the little zip ties from the ring canvas. They expose the wood. Uh, we see a muscle buster off the top rope. I mean, this was just nuts. And in between all of that, there was more that happened that was just Darby Allen getting killed by Samoa Joe was the summary of this match for me. And it was freaking entertaining. Um, after this, we do see Samoa Joe get the victory here and Darby loses the title, which I did kind of feel was a little bit, I'm a little bit on the fence here with, I love this match and that's really what got my number one spot. However, Will, and I'm curious to see what you think here. We had Wardlow returns. He's got the new look and all of that, right? He returns. So clearly we're going back to Wardlow and Samoa Joe. And given that, you know, after what happened with his hair, you were, he was supposed to come in and get some sort of measure of revenge, right? But I'm going to say this in the nice, pos nicest possible way. I don't want to see Wardlow as TNT champion again, unless they're going to do something different. I hope they have something different planned. And I say this because I don't mind the way the TNT title has changed hands here versus last year, because there's a difference that I don't think people are seeing here. Um, I'm going to steal one of Righteous Reg's points that he made a little while back um, about frequent title changes. And that is logically booking the more a title is defended the more likely it should be to change hands because obviously if you're defending it every single week on every possible show um at some point you're going to come across quicker title changes because darby had no shortage of title defenses in that that reign i know people look at it on the surface and go well he only had it for a month yeah and the week he do he won it he defended it on Rampage that Friday, Wednesday to Friday. We haven't seen that. Like, literally, Darby was defending that belt as often as you could. He defended it against uh, Mike Bennett. He defended it against um, uh, Juice Robinson. He had the defense against, uh, well, who else did he defend it against? God, why am I drawing a blank on some of these? Either way, he had, uh, oh, um, Buddy as well. He That was his fifth title defense. He had five whole title defenses in this reign in a month. And when you talk about a, a reign that only went four weeks and he had five defenses in it, that's a lot. And so by that logic, you know, when you talk about the world title, obviously MJF shouldn't be flip-flopping the belt. MJF barely defends it. But at some point, a champion should burn out at some point. Because even Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns barely defends it. So it, like, makes sense that he's going to be champion for three years. But when you have Darby, matter of fact, Darby had as many defenses in a month as Roman has had in a year. So like, that's another way to look at this on why. That's a crazy stat. <laughs> that's a crazy stat, it. right? A crazy stat, yeah. <laughs> right, and a so. Little, the, and... A little, uh, the glass shattered in my brain. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so when you look at it that way, um, the frequency, because it's not like last year when you had Scorpio Sky literally won it, the very first title defense loses it to Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara loses it in his first title defense to Scorpio Sky. That sucks. Don't do that. But if you do it, but if you are defending it frequently, at some point you're gonna have somebody burn out. And like that was the story you told with Darby is that he took on too much. He was trying to take on every single challenger he could. He was defending it so often. He took on Samoa Joe and Darby. Honestly, the story in this match was that 
as much as as much punishment as Samoa Joe dished out here, and he made it look amazing. Darby is the king of taking punishment, which is why, as somebody mentioned earlier with the Brock Lesnar stuff, um, that's uh, how uh, th- that's how Darby would make it look. He'd make him look like an absolute monster. But in this case, Darby took on too much. Darby attempted to peel up the ring, do all of that stuff, but in the time he took to do that, it ended up screwing him. He ended up losing to Joe because he did too much here, and it ended up being that Darby was his own downfall in this match. So in that sense, I appreciate that. So I don't think a match like this diminishes the belt at all. I think oh, that no, if it... no, no, I, I don't think so. Was there people saying that it did? They're literally, the chat's saying that. I'm looking oh. over here and... I don't uh, feel like that's true. No way. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm sure I just went Nintendo quality again, and I'm sorry. Uh, but the that either way, that's how I felt about it. And it just it was a really, really good match. Uh, I had tweeted out the next day that I thought that Darby has been Joe's best opponent of the last ten years. I had somebody who's really, really high up in professional wrestling right now reach out to me to tell me that they agreed with that. I saw some people going, well, what about Finn Balor? And I was like, look, Finn Balor is a great opponent for Joe. This isn't a knock on Finn Balor. This is bigging up Darby. I think Darby has been that good for Joe. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, the amount of, in this trilogy, I think Darby has just been such a great opponent for Joe. And he's really brought that monster out of Joe. He's really made Joe look like the Joe of old, the Joe that you do not want to get in the ring with, the Joe that just makes... Like, this is like, the reason why people chant, Joe's going to kill you. Yes, exactly. And Joe looks like he's going to kill Darby. I mean, if you are going to run did. back... I, he's killed Darby, and Darby keeps coming back to life. <laughs> yeah. Look, if if they're going to put the belt back on Wardlow, you have to get back to a world of uh, great... We are. We're going to get back to Wardlow's world. um no we got to get back to the the period of like keeping the title where it's been these last couple of months i thought darby was a great champion i thought joe was a great champion you want to have those great quality defenses that like cody was doing like cody's first tnt title ring wasn't that long either but what made it so good was that uh because he didn't even carry it between pay-per-views he wanted it double or nothing and didn't have it by all out and that was uh that was Cody's reign. But what made it so good at that time was just how often he was defending it and how many great quality matches we were getting. I think if you can do it that way, you'll do wonders by the title. That was what I think hurt Wardlow's reign was the fact that he just kind of had it. Uh, and you have to get back to that. If Wardlow can even be that guy, and I don't know that he can. But this match, excellent. Easy number one. Yeah, it was definitely an easy number one. Is this the first time where our best has been exactly the same three, two, and one? This never happens. Like, exactly the same. And I'm really sorry about that because, honestly, I swear to you, we do not talk about this at all. No, no, we don't. I even did the same thing. That's how I knew what Denise's one and two were because I did the same thing. I had these swapped, and I was like, no, but I really like. And when she said that. Right? Yeah. When she said that, when she said that's what she did, I thought, uh-oh, I know I what's happening here. Because I had the bloodline as number one, but then when I, I was like, nah, I'm lying to myself, Denise. Number one is Samoa Joe and Darby. Yeah. Um, alrighty, well, 
I can't believe it. That was the first in ATW history, but there, there you go, everyone. Whatever happens, happens. Like the number one thing that I like about this show or that I want from this show is for us to stay true to what we really, you know, like and dislike, because I feel like that is, you know, even if you agree, even if you disagree, there is, it's just, I feel like you got to be true to yourself and what you're actually talking about. If not, people are going to see right through that shit, you know? Uh, Furthausen, thank you so much for sending in a super chat. Uh, Furthausen says, seeing Darby win the title live, but this was even a better match. This was phenomenal, man. I mm-hmm. That's the reason why it's number one. It's definitely one of my favorite um you know, matches for this year so far. And granted, we're only a month in, so it's very easy to say that, but this was this definitely deserved the love that it's getting. Been a great month. All righty. Well, before we go, everyone, just a heads up, we are here each and every single weekend for After the Week. Um, please uh, help support this channel. Subscribe. If you haven't subscribed just, just yet, please do. We I officially surpassed 88,000 subscribers, like 88.5, I think is where I'm at right now. Um, less than 12,000 subscribers away from that 100K mark. I'm so happy. Last week was our most watched episode. And and I really hope that the show continues to grow and do even better because uh, I feel so far we've been getting such great feedback from people. People have been liking, um, you know, Will and I on here. So that's good. Uh, we appreciate that a whole lot. Uh, so please make sure to subscribe to the channel. All of my Royal Rumble content is currently up right now. I have a bunch of interviews that you guys can check out. There's one with Seth Rollins. There's one with Chad Gable, Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, Dominic Mysterio. Uh, I also posted a Royal Rumble vlog if you guys want to check that out there's just a whole lot to see a recent interview with pco uh check that one out too and i got more to come sheldon jackson sends in a super chat saying um where do they go with darby from here since darby said if he lost he wasn't he won't have a rematch for the tnt title as long as joe is champ i guess we wait for him not to be champ and then see him go for it again maybe i don't know Uh, i mean so the the real answer is that darby's filming a tv show and that's why he had to go um and he even tweeted that he won't be gone long but i i don't i think he's going to be out a little while um and as far as what he does next hell i don't know i feel like they didn't resolve the mjf feud i'd like to see them go back to that um mjf cheated he pulled he used the dynamite diamond ring on darby i feel like darby has uh, a reason to go back after him and i i say just go for it um does he win the title probably not but i would like to see that feud again i think that's a good one that's what i would see thank you so much to sheldon for also sending this in Alrighty, everyone. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to After the Week. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. Will, plug your stuff. Oh, I mean, I forgot yeah, to cue you. That's okay. I'm William RBR. You know where to find me. Uh, I do lots of podcasts, and you see me on Day After Dynamite, Grap City. Wherever you want to see me, I will be talking about the wrestling of your life. And watch, um, honestly, do watch Day After Dynamite this week because I am doing a long-awaited episode with a longtime collaborator that I haven't gotten to collaborate with in a long time. But Tom Campbell and I, who literally, the first show I did with Tom Campbell was the preview of WrestleMania 23, where... Oh, I know, That's when I say... the last time you guys did something No, together? that was the first time we did something oh, okay. together. I was about to okay. say, what? <laughs> no, we've done plenty together since then. But the first time we ever did a podcast together... We uh, previewed WrestleMania 23. I still have the really assy looking graphics from that. Um, They look awful. 
but uh, I might bring those up on camera, but it'll be nice uh, for me and Tom to uh, get to collaborate again. And that's going to be a lot of fun. So check us out on Day After Dynamite. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. We'll catch you next week for After the Week.